0: Harley Davidson is looking for interns who want to ride this summer. Idaho picks up e-rider training, and guess who's back? It's like a cat with nine lives. Stay tuned for the Soundrider Show. Support for Soundrider and
1: the Soundrider Show is made possible by The Moto Fit Group providing track days in both Oregon and Washington. The MotoFit Group helps riders experience the next level of their riding abilities and takes them to the zone where the bike and rider become one. Find out more or sign up for a track day today at themotofitgroup.com.
2: Hello, everybody. This is Lee from Racer Gloves USA. Welcome to the Sound Rider Show. And now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, Join us for the latest episode of the Sound Rider Show, a candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now here are your hosts, Tom Marin, Garrick Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today.
3: Oh me oh my, it's the May episode of the Sound Rider Show, and recording on what might be the best day of the year. We're looking forward to a month that is full of good riding days, but of course, we're bringing to you a lot of good news bites, calendar items in the month of May, and a lot of frank and entertaining discussion here. Tom Marin, tell me how you doing today.
0: I'm doing good. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was happy earlier this week. I, I took off on Tuesday and did a little ride.
3: Yeah, man, we had some great weather. Where did you uh, head to?
0: Well, I went to uh, Leavenworth. I did the three-pass blast.
3: Nice. And
0: I was, uh, frankly... Uh, uh, a little concerned on part of the ride for sure.
3: Yeah, what uh, weather-wise or?
0: Well, no, it was weird as I was going up the uh, ship canal bridge on I five to get escape out of town. Sure. Um, the bike sort of died and then it started up again. Same thing happened when I rolled into Cle Elum. Uh oh. And so uh, it happened a third time somewhere outside of Leavenworth, and I pulled into the rest stop. And every time it happened, a fuel injection light would come on. Interesting. I'm like, well, what's going on with my fuel injection? So, um, And
3: now we're on the NC700 or the scooter on this one?
0: We're on the FSC600. Oh, okay. And um, I I, I think I had figured it out, thought I had figured it out. Opened up the seat, pulled off the battery cover, and sure enough, that new battery I put in last summer, all the – Contact points were loose. Really? So I just tightened them up with a screwdriver and off I went.
3: Well, another reason to carry a toolkit, but uh, I guess, well, that's, that's not too uncommon, right? Just a little bouncing around, a little wear and tear can pop those things off. I never
0: experienced that in my life.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the important thing is though you got it figured out and uh, got back on your way. What uh, total round trip mileage for that? I mean, how many days were you out
0: from my house all the way around the, the three pass blast and back home was just shy of three hundred miles.
3: Okay, now you hit some elevation on there too, and we were still definitely in spring weather. Did yeah, you run so into any
0: three thousand feet at Snoqualmie Pass? It was uh, snow on the sides of the road. But, all right, uh, you couldn't go up and down the uh, Denny the old Denny Creek Road yet. Okay. Um, then Blewett Pass, there was just a tad of snow up there. Nice. Uh, Stevens Pass at 4,000 feet, uh, had plenty of snow, none on the road, and, uh... But, man, you know, going on a weekday, there's, like, nobody out on the roads. It's true. And you just kind of have them all to yourself. The problem is when you roll back into Puget Sound, you know, all the soccer moms are out at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And so it's, eh. If you can
3: plan your entry and exit appropriately from uh, the greater Seattle area, you can have a heck of a time during the week. But you're right, man. When you come back in, it really uh, sets you back into reality, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I wish there was a way to do it where you didn't have all that in the afternoon i guess that would mean like resorting to writing on the weekend
3: yeah but i mean no you don't want to do that right you got uh work to do on the weekends you got uh, to entertain the good readers of sound writer.
0: yeah i got maps to make <laughs> and the whole deal so uh we're gonna we're gonna get into news bites eventually here but um this one i think deserved a little bit of discussion yeah let's dive into this and we know we had a lot of words from the readers, and people can still go on to the Facebook post and and put up their own personal opinions on yeah. this. So uh, Alberta is uh, going to allow, did we say it right, Sikhs?
3: It's Sikhs, okay. yeah. Yeah.
0: The uh, the Sikhs, which are a... Uh, a it's a, a religious group. A Middle Eastern yeah. religion. Well, um, I think
3: in the, the Indian region, right? Indian, yeah. The there, so. Same
0: people They get to wear the uh, head wrap when they get their driver's license taken, uh, now in Alberta, they're going to let them wear the head wrap and not make them wear a helmet. And in Alberta, it is a helmet wearing state, it's required.
3: Right. In that uh, particular province, right, it's a uh, required helmet, helmet law. But, um, you know, this is something that we're starting to see pop up in various regions, I think all throughout North America. And I assume it's probably happening in Europe as well. But basically, you know, if it
0: uh, conflicts
3: with your religion, they're going to let you slide without uh, wearing a helmet.
0: Yeah, so how many people in a bait are going to become Sikhs next week? That's what
3: I'm <laughs> about. Um, well, you know, there was a lot of uh, lively discussion on, uh, on the Facebook post. And, um, you know, a lot of people, I think uh, – I think a lot of people felt like you should th- – there's a responsibility to the taxpayer um, as yeah. far as wearing a helmet. Right now, I myself – I'm on the other side of that. I say that if you don't want to wear a helmet, don't wear a helmet. Um... And uh, I, of course, myself would always choose to wear a helmet, but I think if it conflicts with personal beliefs or religious beliefs, I'm okay with it. I don't have a problem with it. I say go ahead, and if you want to ride free and take that risk, I think that's on you.
0: So if you're trying to reduce taxation on the people, you you don't have a problem if somebody crashes their bike and the people have to pay for it.
3: Well, what I would say to that is that the volume of motorcycle crashes uh, compared to other areas where we could save tax dollars – if you get through those other three thousand first, and you want to get down and have a discussion on saving tax money, um, then I'm okay with that. But there's much bigger fish to fry. I don't think that's a good uh, a good talking point on this particular matter, simply because there aren't enough. It's not statistically significant. It doesn't make an impact compared to you know so many other things. I mean, whether it's road taxes or property taxes or you know the money that we spend on, you know, obviously this is Canadian, but military or whatever it may be. And I'm not advocating for or against any of those things. But I just don't think that this is st- statistically significant enough. Okay. Yeah. What
0: that's about your, you? That's your thoughts. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I kind of got to go the AMA way here, which is, you know, we don't uh, – we're not going to tell you if you have to wear a helmet or not. And you should have your own freedom to choose. But, you know, use common sense. Wear a helmet. Save your family money. Save yeah. Your, save your state and your, your country money. Uh, and uh, save yourself the you know the deal about you know it's just worse things will happen if you don't have the helmet on.
3: Absolutely, I would the never, I would that. never encourage anyone to ride without a helmet. I always think a helmet's a good idea, but you know some people don't, and uh, I think um, I think I can respect that. A lot of people, I think, that there's probably people out there who would like to outlaw motorcycling altogether on those grounds. But
0: yeah, well, that's not going to happen. No. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Certainly not. But, uh, you know, speaking of uh, riders from Canada and all over the United States, uh, we just did our latest reader survey here at SoundRider. What were some of the details on that?
0: We sure did. And a special thanks to uh, our, our resident economist, Norm, for... <laughs> helping us crank all the numbers. But, uh, yeah, we, we got them all in, and I got some interesting information here. Uh, there is an article online at Soundwriter that has a little more detail, but we'll, we can talk about some of these things yeah. here. Um, the uh, Soundwriter is really expanding beyond the Puget Sound. You know, when we started the magazine 20 years ago, uh, it was Puget Sound-based. And so now um, it's, it's a 36% of the writers who read Soundwriter are living in the Puget Sound. It doesn't mean that the numbers dropped because it didn't really drop on the total number of readers at all. Right. It just means that it's a little more spread around. Um, as we grow with readership, we have more people from Oregon. We have more people from Idaho. Uh, we have uh, – BC has gone from 3 to 8% of our readers – Uh, Idaho went from 1% to 5% of our readers, and uh, Oregon outside the Portland metro area has gone from 1% to 7%. Crazy. That's Bend, Oregon exploding, and places like Grants Pass and and Phoenix and um, not Albany, but uh, I don't know, the one that starts with A in the south part of the state. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah. Now, now I'm drawing a blank, too. I'm trying to think of the map there. But uh, no, that's great news to hear, though. I mean, people are uh, getting involved from the entire
0: Pacific Northwest and beyond, really. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like Lee Block from Racer Gloves has picked the right place to live because the market's just exploding in Bend. Well, you know, I think uh, it
3: is becoming sort of a little bit of a motorcycling hub. There's, uh, who else? A giant loop down there. There's a few other um, mm-hmm. motorcycling companies that have relocated to Bend. So.
0: So then we, uh, you know, anytime someone subscribes to Soundwriter, they can opt to tell us some information to help us out. Yeah. So that's where all these numbers come from. Um, the uh, social media, people who find out about us, where do they find out about us? Um, social media went from 13% to 20%. It's a great jump. So, uh, you know, we, we work a little bit out there on the social media mind. Um, Search went from 38 to 47%. Wow. Now, that's a really good sign because that means the work that we've been doing on the interior of the pages to get them more popping up in the search engines is working.
3: Yep, and it means that uh, the articles that we're writing are striking a chord, too, with uh, with the readers from, from all over the region.
0: Yeah, so that's uh, 67% of our readers right there.
3: Which, which is really fantastic to see, and, you know, it's I was amazed, too, looking at some of the numbers that – there are a lot of people from all over the United States that are just looking for quality riding information and also that are planning trips to the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, you know? and
0: we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that as we get into the show here. Right. We're going to do a separate segment on that. So um, what they ride by the brand, um, you know, we've always had a strong BMW Readership, mm-hmm. uh, but in terms of our newer subscribers, that has dropped from twenty four to eighteen percent. Right, kind of interesting. KTM is up by essentially fifty percent by going from four to six percent. Uh, Harley Davidson increased from twenty one to twenty five percent, and uh, despite the loss of victory, we're still seeing lots of Indian selling. So the combination of the two brands. Um, is pretty flat but we're expecting that to actually increase as indian takes more market share in the market
3: yeah and i think uh you know one thing that kind of resonates with me too is we see the uptick in ktm and a little bit of a back down on bmw and i think a lot of these gs 1200 riders are starting to look for something that's a little bit lighter as they age you know
0: I i totally agree with you yeah i do um Adventure dual sport market this has always been a growing market. I think when we started the magazine twenty years ago, it was like eight or nine percent sure, and now it's up to thirty three percent of our readers it's own an adventure or a dual sport bike,
3: and a lot of those are uh, readers that have more than one motorcycle as well
0: Mhm uh, but they seem to be selling their cruisers because uh, we've seen a decrease in cruiser ownership from twenty nine to eighteen hmm. percent. Uh oh this this one really hurts me I, I really I take it personally scooter decline from 6% to 3% that's a 50% decline in maybe that's decline. just reporting though
3: people are more hesitant to report that right
0: To self-identify as a scooter rider? (laughs) No, I just don't think there's a little... You know, when when the prices of gas are good, like we've been talking about over the last few months, then the scooter market just doesn't rock.
3: Yeah. And, you know, there has been uh, a lot of emphasis, at least in the last couple of years, you know, like we've seen these lighter weight Ducati Scramblers and that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. where there's not as much of a chasm between like, oh, you go out and get a 600-pound Harley-Davidson or you buy a scooter. Like they're starting to be more...
0: And we're seeing more scramblers selling, yeah, more course, cafe yeah. bikes, more retros. In fact, the whole night naked market went from 19
3: to 25%. Everybody loves to be naked. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Right? <laughs> Especially, you know, with the way the weather is right now. Yeah,
3: absolutely. It's been a warm one, that's for sure. But those are some really great numbers. And, you know, the overall theme, too, is that uh, we're seeing still a lot of active riders in the region, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, 14% of our readers are women. So we're, we're staying ahead of the national number. Well ahead. I see all kinds of national numbers and, and there's only, you know, one real one. So yeah. uh, when I saw somebody the other day saying that, uh, 30% of the writers were women, I'm like, well, I, don't I don't know, know about what that. you're talking about. Yeah. But, uh, but anyways, it, that is that is, we're staying ahead of the curve on that. So that's good. Um, Let's see. Uh, Planned purchases. 67% of our readers plan to buy more gear. 27%, which is one out of four, mm-hmm. plan to buy a new bike in the next year. Wow. That's big. That is. So... Um,
3: those are both very... Uh, for the industry, you know, we talk a lot about how to get people out and buying more things. Those are both good indicators, I think. People are feeling a little more confident in uh, making some of those purchases.
0: Yeah, so uh, when we get to the interview section of the show, it's going to be you and me chatting back and forth about some of our readers uh, we've gone through. We've cherry-picked some of our readers, and uh, we're going to tell you about them. And uh, it's, it's actually really interesting information. So uh – but we'll get to that a little later. Um, the last thing I wanted to end up with here is a, an update on our current events. Yeah, let's get into that. So uh, Cafe to Cafe is going quite well. We've got about 80 writers signed up now. That's great. People can still sign up if they want. Uh, you can sign up all the way through summer, but the sooner you do, the sooner you can start hitting the The cafe more time you have, yeah. The uh, road trip tour is ahead of last year's. We've got about 14, awesome. 15 people signed up this year. That's fantastic. So looking forward to that because we're not going to lose money this year. right? <laughs> uh, Sasquatch, people are signing up. We're working on that route right now, and uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to see some cool stuff. we we'll get some really nice overlooks throughout the different days.
3: I, I'm, you know, I know the route isn't finalized for that, but it already is sounding like it's going to be an incredible tour.
0: Yep. Um, pre-writers are are looking over the GPS tracks right now, giving me their feedback. We'll we'll get that all wrapped up by the...
3: Is the resident economist in on that?
0: Uh, He is. Yeah, there we go. And so is Bob O. So they'll, uh, they're they're looking forward to some sunny days where you can take off and go check some of this stuff out. We found, uh, the largest monolith in oregon and instead of taking you directly under it we're taking you to an overlook that looks down on it nice so that's cool yeah absolutely uh the rally in the gorge is coming together we're getting the schedule worked out right now the uh kitchen stuff is all done we already know what the what the menu is i saw that in the newsletter it looks great yeah so that's happening so let's uh let's take a little break and then when we come back we've got
1: news bites from all over the place. Support for SoundRider and the SoundRider Show is made possible by Skagit Power Sports. Check out the North Sound's largest selection of bikes from names like Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM, and Suzuki. Located just off I5 in Burlington, Skagit Power Sports also features a large selection of riding gear, apparel, and an experienced staff to help you along the way. Visit Skagit Power Sports today.
2: Hi, my name is Alan Ayers uh, from White Center, Washington. Uh, one of my favorite rides that we do quite often is go up through Greenwater over the Natchez Trail, come out over in Yakima. Uh, I do it on my Honda NC700X. Uh, not many people do it on that bike, and I get some strange looks, but it works great.
1: Hey, this is Austin Weaver from Travel Penticton, and you're listening to the Sound Rider Show.
3: In studio on the May episode of the Soundwriter Show, I'm going to roll into the news bites segment, and I tell you what, it's been a pretty active last couple of weeks. We've got some uh, some really interesting uh, interesting bites this month.
0: So we're kicking off with the national bites first, yeah, and then we'll move on to the local bites, of course. What's uh,
3: what's number one here on the list, though? Where should we start?
0: uh, Well, we start with the uh, Harley-Davidson offering bikes to potential interns.
3: Yeah, I thought this was pretty interesting, that uh, apparently HD is looking for eight interns, and they're going to supply them with uh, rider training, motorcycles, and uh, the understanding is that they're going to ride all summer and tweet Instagram, Snapchat, and help enhance their social media presence. What do you think? Is
0: this going to attract new younger riders? I think this is going to totally save the company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're listening, they'll I walk the smartest idea. I think they'll double it by June. Yeah. Or July.
3: Now we talked a couple of months ago that uh, Honda had partnered with Forever Twenty One for a line of uh, apparel. Oh yeah. Where do you think this ranks, uh, better or worse, on efforts as far as reaching the next generation of riders?
0: Um, I, it's hard to say. I think it's a close tie between the two.
3: I'm going to give the edge to Harley Davidson because at least some people will be out there riding motorcycles, right? So. Yeah,
0: and you remember we had that guy in here uh, last? I guess it was winter or fall who was going around the country on a Harley Davidson? Not, not, not paid. Right. Harley, but he was yeah. going out and doing charity work yeah 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 that's right so uh, we're seeing you know and and actually we'll, we'll get to it a little later in the show but we are seeing younger people getting on harley's now
3: so. yeah you know i kind of uh I, i'll be interesting to see what comes out of this i have a i have a sneaking suspicion that um a couple of these accounts will actually produce some pretty entertaining media i don't know if that's going to translate into sales but hey if you're in your early 20s and uh, you're out riding around in the country. You're probably going to have a pretty good time. I mean, I went uh, coast to coast, I guess, in my late twenties, and um, I didn't take many pictures, but it was uh, it was a great time out there. So, so.
0: is this going to be a PR debacle if one of them crashes?
3: Uh, yes, it will be, and one of them will crash. How's that for predictions? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because I think the idea is that it's going to be brand new riders, right? I mean, yeah, because
0: I they said they train them, huh? Yeah,
3: because they're not going to be bringing on grizzled veterans. I don't think you're yeah. going to see any gray beards in there or anything. But oh no, uh, they don't want that, right? But, they got uh, enough of that. I think inevitably that's. I mean, it's going to have to happen. If they put on ten thousand miles, somebody's going to lay the bike down.
0: Someone, yeah, yeah.
3: Hmm. And you know, this has got to be the, right. I mean, they have to do. They have to do a very. Uh, we won't speculate on this, but they have to do a very measured split as far as uh, genders and races and that kind of thing right so it's going to be i would imagine a very diverse uh background that they're going to try and reach out to so i think it's going to produce some some cool media results anyway
0: yeah we'll have to keep following yes yeah. and uh, make sure you put the uh, harley davidson intern 2018 into your newsfeed Yeah, that's right. Yeah, keep an eye on things. Because we're going to count on you to bring us the news every month on how the program's going.
3: Yeah, we'll have to get a special intro made up for Harley Watch uh, 2018.
0: Now, you've seen these uh, three-wheeled T-Rexes before, haven't you? They've been around for 20 years. They're really super cool three-wheelers. So this is, I think, the first that I noticed, actually. Oh, yeah. They're, I've seen them at the auto shows sometimes. I don't see them so much at motorcycle events. Yeah. I've seen them at the auto shows. And I do think they had some down at the uh, motorcycle show that I went to in Long Beach in the fall. Mm-hmm. But uh, now they're going to put electric motors in them, courtesy of Zero, which is interesting. Yeah. And that makes you wonder if, uh, you know, Polaris is holding all that technology that they got from Bramo, Right. And it makes you wonder if they're going to come up with their own version.
3: Well, yeah, that's a good. That's a that's a very interesting point because we've got uh, not just Zero out there making electric motorcycles, but like you mentioned, uh, the remnants of Bramo and then Alta too. Aren't they electric and starting to uh, make a little bit of noise? Yeah,
0: and so Harley Davidson put a bunch of money into them. Yeah,
3: that's right. So,
0: but you know, they're they're focused. Uh, well, for now, they're focused more in the dirt bike market. But yeah. you never know; they might want to take some of that technology and put it into a, a, a street bike or a street three wheeler.
3: Yeah, you know, so I. I appreciate all motorized forms of transportation, but I, whenever I see, th- see things like this with three wheels, um, I always kind of go like, you know, that's great and that's fine, but why is nobody investing in a
0: 400cc uh, dual sport? yeah like why can't why well can't, suzuki did a long time ago well right? that's true
3: yeah well why can't we can't why can't we get a modern or how about a a 500 cc array from yamaha why well, are we, you
0: know the 700 is gonna come
3: and it's why isn't it here now though why are we why do we have all this money out here doing these you know these what seem like these pet projects
0: i think they're waiting for the next recession and then they're gonna pop that i got array.
3: any predictions on the uh, next recession when that's gonna hit
0: uh 2019
3: or 2020 is all my right. prediction it's in the cards and it's on uh, audio and out on the good folks of the interweb so yeah
0: i'd I'd say that all day long (laughs) but i guess related Uh, to that to kind of the innovation streak here let's talk about eric buell yeah how's this for innovation yeah Er eric buell is coming back again uh he'll be this time he'll be designing electric motorcycles for a company called vanguard spark and uh the first models out of the block or whatever you call it uh one's going to be an electric bicycle right and the other one's going to be an electric motorcycle called the commuter designed to be a low speed commuter so i guess that uh all the racing edge of eric buell is
3: well this is kind of like going in the exact opposite direction right yeah yeah so it's like i guess it didn't work out on this end maybe i'll try it on the other end here, what were what was your take on the commuter? Because I haven't had a chance to check this out yet. Does it look like no, I a, didn't
0: see any photos? Of okay, it,
3: I'm no. just wondering because I mean that sounds like more like a scooter slash moped than uh,
0: yeah, it does than
3: anything else. You got right? Plenty
0: of electric scooters around.
3: Plenty of electric scooters. Plenty of electric bicycles. Um, and I guess we're going to get a few more at least yeah. for the. You
0: know what I want to know? I want to know if, if the guy behind Vanguard Spark is the same investment guy that was behind EBR in both machinations. What uh, refresh my memory on EBR? So uh, EBR was Eric Buell Racing. Oh, okay, so sure. that was the company that formed after he left. Harley Davidson, right, and then they disappeared, and they sold off all the assets, and then they got, then they came back again, and then they sold off all the assets and disappeared, and now here he is in life number four. You know what would be your
3: if you were a fly on the wall? What do you think you would uh, extract from some of these meetings as far? I mean, what's the ultimate vision? Like when people are pitching this to investors, what do they what do they have in mind?
0: Uh, I think the, they have getting large wads of cash in mind and then they'll well, figure true. it out from there right
3: well i just i just always wonder because i think like okay we're gonna do electric bicycles and an electric commuter and um i mean to me I, that doesn't hold a ton of appeal then again i'm a motorcycle rider and uh, i'm someone who also owns a car and i'm someone who lives in a very walkable city but uh, i just wonder i mean are they sitting down and going hey like in 10 years these are going to be in every city and state Oh, yeah, they'll sell the you that. Right? Sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't go ask somebody for a chunk of cash if you didn't say that to them, would you? Uh, I might. You've got to promise them
3: that. Well, I might. I might be a little brazen. <laughs> I'd go with, the, you know, I know everyone's telling you that we're going to sell a lot, but we're not. So, <laughs> yeah, both, yeah, both yeah exactly. <laughs> uh,
0: if you've ever written a business plan, do it, do it, do it. Do it. Yeah,
3: exactly. But, uh, interesting, we'll see where that, kind of, uh, where that kind of lands and whether or not that has any effect on uh, how people are trained for their motorcycle riding.
0: Yeah, is there separate training for electric motorcycles? No, nah, I don't nah, well, should not, not in right? our state. Yeah. All right, well, speaking of training, uh, Idaho Star has picked up the e-rider training <coughs> that... Um, um, Team Oregon has been using, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's probably the exact same curriculum, but it's the same format. Where instead of going to the classroom for your first few hours of, of motorcycle education, you're going to do it online at home.
3: Right, and uh, <laughs> I think we did, We talked uh, to the Oregon guys, right, when they were first launching. What was that? About two years ago now. Yeah, when Team Oregon is working on that, and uh, I went through the uh, the basic training, thought uh, found it to be very informative, and um, these types of internet trainings i'm a big fan of i yeah. think put it in the hands you know literally on your phone of anybody who's interested in it and um, let people get the information and let them get out there and become better riders i think it's a great thing
0: exactly exactly um and also uh speaking of oregon now that we started talking about yeah. Oregon, um Streamline moto exhibit coming to the portland museum of art yeah, I think this is in June, right? Isn't that... Uh... Oh, it's, I read summer.
3: I don't know okay. when it actually starts. But I, I think they're planning for a June opening.
0: So uh, so Derek and I were talking about this off the air, and he is going to uh, go down or, or pick up the phone and call and talk to the PR at the, mu- at the museum, and we are going to put together an article and try to have a few more shots of some of the bikes that are going to be in this. All the bikes that are in this are not necessarily... Uh, real production bikes right. one of them is a is a concept that we saw the bmw from 1937 yeah and that's kind of the
3: um the sort of the vibe that i got is that most of these were kind of put together somewhere between the 30s and the 50s in sort of a mold of what they expected the future to look like isn't that what you kind of it's uh drone
0: i think so Yeah. yeah from the yeah. pictures anyway yeah. So, so
3: some very very cool looking uh, looking cars and motorcycles, and I think they're calling it the Shape of Speed.
0: We're Supposed to have uh, eighteen different physical vehicles right. in the display. Yeah. So and it'll that's be cool.
3: That's the uh, the Portland Art Museum, right? And you
0: know, in, in terms of art and in terms of uh, going to the museum and stuff like that, even even if you ride a motorcycle, I'm gonna bet you like looking at cool cars too.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Anything that's got uh, an engine in it or can get you from point A to point B, count me in.
0: Yeah. And you'd want to look at all five of mine. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, this got some action out on the social media. Andy Cherney did a really nice article, part one, of riding the Lost Coast down on California. And uh, we're going to come with part two in the June issue. June? Eh, maybe I'll hold it till June. Yeah. Coming up, though. Coming up, Keep an
3: eye out for it. And you're right, part one did get a lot of activity. Um, got a lot of activity on the site and a lot of activity on social media. A lot of people really interested in this.
0: Some people noted that uh, the road is a bit rickety. Yeah. And uh, Norm will tell you how rickety that road is because he lost a final drive out there last summer. Really? Or two years ago. It uh, broke the seal on the final drive out there. Wow! He didn't totally break down. He was able to get the bike home, and and uh, I think, but he had to keep topping off the final right. drive. And then he went ahead and fixed it himself. But uh, yeah, it, 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 don't don't go down there thinking you're going to get a smooth ride.
3: No, even though th- there are there's it's pavement, right? Technically.
0: Uh, in part one, and then in yeah. part two, I believe that Andy covers the off road segment.
3: Okay, of it, great. So. But, yeah, great article and uh, really, uh, really cool to see
0: the response to that, something that I'd, I hope to have the chance to ride one day. Um, the Pendleton Bike Week people have secured a Indian Motorcycles title sponsorship for this year's event. Good for them. So, you know, they had Harley last year, and things got a little tight over there in the marketing division, and uh, the guys just went ahead and... Did probably the next best thing. Uh,
3: yeah, I think that's great. Indian's a big get. And uh, I'm looking on the notes here, and we've got uh, Pendleton Bike Week um, abbreviated as P- – it says Indian signs on as a PBW sponsor. And I was thinking, Indian signs on as a PAPS Blue Ribbon. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, right. a, it's a
0: kind of a root beer. Right. Yeah, the PBW root beer. There we beer. go,
3: yeah. But that's,
0: <laughs> that's great for those guys
3: down in uh, Pendleton. That continues to grow. It's been um, a very imp- impressive launch for
0: them. Uh Jim Pomeroy, famous racer from the 70s, was uh, inducted into the Central Washington Sports Hall of Fame this last month. It's pretty awesome, right? So good for him. Yeah, man, yeah. I think that's great. He's a he was a good guy. He's, he 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 unfortunately crashed in a Jeep up in the mountains above Yakima one day and didn't make it out. Um, but uh, he was well loved by the community, and it's good to see them tipping the hat to him. Um, the people down in Yakima, they still talk about him, love yeah. him. They have a uh, little motorsports park out on the northwest end of the Yakima area, really, where you can go down and ride your motorcycle on a, uh, a you know, it's a closed track.
3: Or no whatever. kidding. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. That's that's really cool. And, and is Yakima where the Central Washington Sports Hall of Fame is? Do you know?
0: Uh, I don't know where it's at. Yeah. I'm gonna guess it's in Ellensburg. Okay. But maybe yeah. it is in Yakima. We can we could read the article, I guess. You know, we post <laughs> the thing up. Why not read it, huh? I was
3: um, just trying to I th- I think I I skimmed over it, but I'm trying to recall where that's actually located. But
1: uh So
0: um things got a little bit sketchy with the uh Wimra racing schedule. Round one didn't happen because they were unable to secure an insurance policy. Mm-hmm. But uh Things happened, and they'll be back. They're going to be at the Ridge Motorsports Park uh, coming up in the next month, doing running their round two. So it looks like they're all back in action. That's good because we're a sponsor of their event this year.
3: Well, and this is, I think, a big win for uh, the motorcycling community in the region here. This is something that uh, we need to see continually. Um, we need to see Wimra continually to be active, and I'm glad, very happy, that uh, they were able to secure sponsorship and that we're – Back and ready to go.
0: Yeah, we don't want to see uh, insurance companies denying insurance. No. We don't like that. No, we do not. Uh, Last but not least, we have moved the Soundwriter store to a new warehouse. And it's lovely. Exciting times, huh? And we're paying about a third rent. That's that great. Paying. That's so fantastic. It's a little bit further away, but it's on my way to the grocery store, so I don't oh, care.
3: It makes sense, yeah. And uh, a couple of uh, interesting new items, too, in the store, right?
0: We've got um, one I could tell you about now, and we've got a couple that are actually in R&D right now. So okay. I can't talk about those, but uh, there is a new ha- hat by Outdoor Research. And to some of you, this will sound funny, but a lot of people who like Soundrider wear the Seattle Sombrero hat. Uh, We need to get you one. Yeah. (laughs) And so uh, they've come out with a summer version of that that doesn't have the insulated interior and the Gore-Tex lining up in the top. Uh, I suspect it will still shed water. Yeah. I'm getting mine soon, so I'll know for sure.
3: And so for people who maybe aren't familiar with the Seattle Sombrero um, what can we tell them about it? Because that's it's pretty well known out here in these parts, but maybe if you're over in, like, say, Boise.
0: Well, the nice thing about the Seattle Sombrero is it features a full brim. So let's say you had to do a tire repair on the road. Right. And there was no shade around. Uh, when you put that hat on, you've got coverage all around your head. Now, if you just wear a baseball cap, after 15 minutes, you're going to fry your ears. Yes, and your neck. Yeah, uh, yeah, and your neck yeah. exactly. So this is a really nice hat. You can uh, fold them up and shove them wherever you want to, and they always bounce back into shape again. Uh, the brims can be lifted up so that uh, they look more like an Australian style right outback, outback hat. Yeah, yeah. so uh, great hat. I love them. Yeah, just one of
3: the uh, many things that uh, we have here at the uh, Soundwriter store that you don't find. Um, at normal motorcycling, um, you know, apparel and dealers and that kind of I've thing. Yeah, I've never
0: seen one being sold at a dealer.
3: Yeah, well, that's kind of what we specialize in, right? Some of those yep. things that you might not uh, consider but can really, really improve your ride.
0: So let's take a little break and then when we come back, we're going to be doing the calendar.
1: Support for the Rider Show is provided in part by Cascade Motorcycle Safety. Featuring two ranges located in Anacortes and Bellingham, Cascade Motorcycle Safety offers beginner and intermediate rider courses and is certified to test riders for their motorcycle endorsement. For more information, visit their website at Cascade Motorcycle Safety today.
2: My name is Jason Omar. I'm from Ferndale, Washington. And one of my favorite rides is riding 134 miles an hour down the Bonneville Salt Flats on my 1948 Panhead. Hi, this is Scott from Araya Americas, and you're listening to The Sound Show.
3: Rolling into the calendar segment here on the Sound Rider Show. And I feel like I say it just about every month, but really in May, things do start to kick off. And there is a lot, lot going on. And we've got ten highlights here, but that's just sort of the tip of the iceberg. If you want to see more, you can go to soundrider.com slash calendar and check out the full list of events. Good point. Yes, right? Yeah. I always have to make sure we uh, remind uh, our readers and listeners of that. But let's start with number one on the list here, coming up on uh, May
0: 3rd through the 5th, the Flock to the Rock. In Seaside, Oregon. Yeah. Uh, I don't know a lot about Flock to the Rock, but I know it's been going on for a few years, and uh, they they went ahead and put it in, added it into the calendar again this year. Yeah. And they're going to have a guest speaker whose name is uh, Elspeth Beard. She was the first British woman to ride around the world 37 years ago.
3: That is going to be, I think, a a really interesting story, an incredible travel log, right? I mean, you have to think about that. Almost forty years ago, um, things
0: were a lot different going around the world. Yeah, yeah. I bet she doesn't look the same now. <laughs> well,
3: as um, you get out there riding, it's like riding the Lost Coast Highway. That'll add ten years to your life. What right? if she
0: had the Lost Coast on her on her route. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it'd be
3: interesting. I wonder where she—if she's riding in from, uh, you know, somewhere. If she lives stateside, or... somewhere.
0: And then I know she's doing some other um, appearances in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. So uh, maybe she's got a website you can check out and see if you can catch her. If you're up in the Puget Sound, maybe find her at one of the other things that she's doing up here. I don't know what the whole rundown is. Sure. Um, let's see. Then on uh, Friday. Uh that's be the third. Uh the Northwest Nitro National Hill Climb at Sunnyside, Washington. We talked a little bit about it last month. Yeah.
3: And this is always a fan favorite, isn't it?
0: It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's really fun to watch these guys and you you're looking at modern day hill climbers. I don't know if they run a vintage class. They should. You're right. They definitely Some should. Some of the vintage ones are pretty
3: a creaky. What, what would officially uh, constitute a vintage hill climber? Like, what year would you make the cutoff at?
0: Oh, I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe we'll go to, the, maybe we'll, uh, we'll ask Washington State. They tell us that anything 30 years or older would be vintage. Would be vintage, all right. Yeah.
3: So I still have a few years for the old 96 Suzuki then before I can start yeah. hill climbing that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, you know, that's, uh, what's that coming up? Uh, is it the third or the fifth?
0: And, yeah, uh, to 5th.
3: in Sunnyside, Washington, and as it says here, it's adrenaline-pumping entertainment. What more could you ask for? Boom, 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 boom. Exactly. <laughs> uh,
0: Saturday the. F- oh, my date's kind of messy here.
3: Well, let's see. What do we
0: got? Saturday uh, is the fifth, isn't it? Uh, at the uh, in Spokane, the West Motocross Series is happening. I kind of bumped into the series off a flyer, so I went ahead and posted all the dates for it. Nice. And uh, should be good. Spokane needs motocross. Everybody needs motocross. Yeah, absolutely. They got the land out there, man. But uh, if you're not near Spokane, you could still check our calendar because there are other PacWest motocross events going on throughout the Pacific Northwest.
3: Yeah, always a lot of stuff going on there. And uh, as we mentioned several times now, check out that calendar if you want to find out more.
0: Uh, Saturday, the 5th, and, and Sunday, the 6th, uh, Wimra will be out at the Ridge Motorsports Park. Racing at the
3: Ridge. Can't beat it. So,
0: I, I, you know, I still haven't been there. I gotta go. Yeah. We had a, a writer who went out and did a whole piece on it, so I never went out myself.
3: Gotcha. But,
0: the time is now. Yeah. Uh, May 12th, the Rose City 500 takes place down in, uh, Portland. And uh, you better get up early for this yeah. one because uh, <laughs> registration starts at 4.30 a.m. and ends at 7.30 a.m. Well, I think so. the, uh, you just stay up all night, right? You just don't even worry about it. You just
3: get some coffee and you just go.
0: Yeah, because you're only going to go 500 miles, yeah, right? Yeah, it's, it's no problem. Yeah, no yeah. big deal. <laughs> uh, well, hey, uh, I want to thank you, Derek, for coming up and supporting me on my seminar last month up at Cascade motorcycle training yeah
3: well i was happy to be there yeah and i want to congratulate you on a great turnout man uh this is something that i hope we're going to see more of throughout the summer
0: i think that we are um so the next one is going to be the 13th i'll be doing a seminar on moto packing nice what to bring why And what to leave home. (laughs) Well, if
3: uh, you are having a chance to uh, listen to this before you've checked out the Facebook feed, maybe and if you haven't checked it out in a few days, you should see the photo up there. It's a very nice rowboat. (laughs) it? Yeah. I got a kick out of it. And also, too, I will say uh, this was my first time um, up to Cascade Motorcycle Safety um, to their uh, office, their operations there. And, man, they got a great setup for this kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and we just gave them uh, six or seven new landscape images in twenty-four by thirty-six to hang on the walls. That's getting the decoration going. Yeah,
3: the only thing they were missing there. So, (laughs) so check that out on the thirteenth, though. It's uh, it's good to
0: to get out there, and you'll you'll have a chance to rub elbows with a lot of other riders. Wednesday the sixteenth will be the Backfire Moto down in uh, South Seattle. And um I wanna thank them for inviting me to put together the calendar that happens in their little handout yeah. device every month. So
3: That's great. And they uh they're doing cool things down there. I, I really gotta get down to uh one of these this summer. I, I haven't had the chance yet. But maybe this uh on the sixteenth will be the one.
0: Yeah, maybe it won't rain.
3: Yeah. Fingers crossed.
0: Uh, um, We'll see. Sunday the twentieth is uh, what we used to know is the Snohomish Motorcycle Show, now known as the Sky Valley Motorcycle Show, but it is held in Snohomish. I've done that one before as a vendor. I
3: was going to say, tell me about this one because I've never, uh, I'm not familiar with this show.
0: This is put on. uh, Well, it was put on by a bait. Um, I think it still is. and it's really good if it's sunny, and then if it's like raining, like it was when we did it, right? Eh, it was pretty tough. It's a little tougher, huh? <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, if the, the st- at the end
3: of uh, April is any indication, hopefully May will be a uh, a very sunny month, then you'll have to worry about it.
0: Yeah, and I want sun because on the twenty first Monday, we are kicking off the road trip GPS tour. We've still got spots. If you want to join in, you just go on and read about it online at the Soundwriter.com, and then you can sign up. Not that expensive to do it. No. And uh, you decide what your accommodations will be, and we'll tell you where we'll be, and you can either stay with us or you can stay nearby and hang out with us at night when we tell stories and lie. That's right. And just remind
3: people, if they're tuning in for the first time, uh, where the route will be this year on the Road Trip Tour.
0: Uh, we will be going through the great state of Oregon, starting out in Forest Grove. Monday night we'll be staying in uh, Bend, Oregon. Tuesday night we'll be whipping down the Kalamath along some really cool backroads that follow the edge of the Great Basin. And then we'll uh, be convening in Grants Pass that night. And then we'll roll on up the coast. We've got a couple of cities along the coast we'll be staying in. We'll wrap it up in Astoria. Uh those who want to make a loop out of it because some people like to trailer a bike, sure. they can uh hit the road from Astoria and take an afternoon jaunt over to Forest Grove. And uh we have all the routes for you on your GPS. You just need to bring your GPS and we will upload the routes while you're there. Um so you can either ride with other people or you can do your own things like do your own thing like some of the guys do.
3: Yeah. I mean, really, is there any better place to spend late May than in Oregon riding your motorcycle? Oh, that's awesome. Right? I mean, that's, that's pretty good. And if you're here in uh, the state of Washington, go and check out the Moto Packing Seminar on the 13th. You know exactly what to bring, and then, bam,
0: down to go. Oregon. Uh, I've, got a, I've got an early one here, but I just want to let people know there will be a Western States 1000. It will be the final Western Th- States 1000. It's... Ever been put on. After 30 years, they're not going to run it any longer.
3: So, again, I have to plead ignorance. What's the Western State 1000?
0: Well, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs>
3: yeah, riding 1,000 miles in uh, the Western states?
0: Is that what I'm talking Yeah, it's probably a 1,000-mile route through Oregon, Idaho, okay. and Washington. Uh, more details, you just go there from the calendar, and you find out more details about it.
3: I'll have to check that out. The 30th and final, that's uh, June 2nd and 3rd.
0: All right, we're going to take a little break. We're going to reconfigure the microphone so we can both read from the same screen, and we are going to be introducing you to some of the new readers
1: of Soundwriter. Support for Soundwriter and the Soundwriter Show is made possible by the rally in the gorge are you ready to go beyond the main roads since 2003 the rally in the gorge has introduced riders intimately to the awesome secondary and tertiary roads in the columbia river gorge national scenic area with programs for dual sport adventure sport touring and sport bike enthusiasts this is the rally you'll want to return to again and again for more information visit soundrider.com rally hi my name is rich i live in kingston washington i own several motorcycles uh,
2: BMWs, Ducatis, Harley Davisons, and one of my favorite rides is riding the Olympic Peninsula. This is Rob from MotoFit Group, and you're listening to the SoundRider Show. <laughs>
3: Drifting into our interview segment here, and we're going to do something a little different this month. We're going to be talking about you, dear reader, and uh, some of the new readers who have signed up on the website recently. So we'll jump into that, but quick, uh, before we get into that, Tom, what, uh, what's going on? Something on your mind, right? Well,
0: yeah, so what I want to do is uh, just say that uh, all the people that we have here that we're going to talk about have just signed up since January 1st. Mm-hmm. So if that's you and we say your name, we're not going to say last names, we could say like Terry D. instead of that sure. name that you see there. Um, wh- if if you hear your name called, and and obviously it's the city that you live in, so you know we're talking about you, then uh, all you got to do is send a note to me on email, sr editor at soundwriter.com and say, Hey, Tom, I heard you talking about me on the show. And uh, I want to get in on that little action that you offered, which is you're going to send us something nice from Soundwriter. Nice. As a thank you for providing the information that you're providing us. And it really helps us to determine where we want to go with the magazine and yep. what's going on with it, and we appreciate that. So, uh, so yeah. that's my offer to anybody who hears their name, come up.
3: I think that's, uh, that's pretty great, and I'd remind people, too, if, uh, if maybe you found us just uh, through the broadcast here and haven't had a chance to check out the site, signing up is free, and uh, all you do is just get updates, and uh, there's no spam or anything like that. It's a great way to stay plugged in to the motorcycling region here, and it's a great way to uh, support
0: guys like uh, Tom and myself. So these are sort of random uh, subscriptions that I picked up and I uh, had some interesting information that I thought it would be fun to go over. Uh, turns out the order these are in is uh, by zip code. Oh, okay. But <laughs> well, we won't be naming zip codes.
3: <laughs> no, but why don't we start uh, because we have uh, a few highlights, right, that uh, I think we want to jump into. Let's start well, right at the top of the yeah, list. Yeah, so right. our
0: first person, Terry D., is from Winter Park, Florida, and Winter Park, Florida, is the furthest away that we had someone subscribe in the last four months. And uh, I don't know if Terry's a girl or a guy. It's T-E-R-I. So, yeah. uh, but uh, uh, Terry says, uh, planning to trailer bikes to Yellowstone, Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, and the Dakotas this summer. Uh, somebody in the family has a 2010 Heritage harley heritage the other one has a two thousand four heritage I hope when you trailer those bikes, you eventually pull them off and ride them right. around. Right,
3: <laughs> yeah, just not doing a uh, <laughs> a showcase there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's great, especially the fact that he's going to be making it out to Idaho, one of my favorite states. Um, but, of course, Yellowstone, Wyoming, like, that's going to be – that's a great trip, Terry. And,
0: you know, you could just park your trailer, uh, like, in Idaho, and you can go and hit Yellowstone and Wyoming and yeah. Montana and just leave the trailer alone. And uh, Terry says that uh, – 4,000 to 10,000 miles a year is an average for that yeah. person. So
3: Time to double that this summer.
0: Yeah. I'm with
3: you, though. Leave that trailer at a Walmart in one of the
0: Dakotas and get on your way. Uh, Don Francisco is from Champaign. Oh, jeez, I said the last name. Uh. <laughs> Don F. from Champaign, Illinois, found out about us through American Motorcyclist magazine. Uh, I do a column there oh, just about every other month. Right uh it's got a 2002 Goldwing, got a gl 1800 got a spider got a 91 nighthawk and a cb 750 well there's a guy who likes hondas yeah absolutely now if they were all yellow it'd be even better (laughs) yeah i think there's only
3: one man on this planet that has a entire fleet of yellow hondas but that's a good selection you know i like to see that a little spread out there
0: and uh, Don says, uh, even though I'm not in the Pacific Northwest, I like your publication a lot, and sometimes even order some goodies. I have visited the store, and uh, and I'll need to visit it soon. Yeah, absolutely. So, thank you, Don. So, let's, uh, w- were we going to, we want to go through some of the award winners first, before no. we go back through here? No, you, I'll just go. Go we'll straight down? It. Okay, well, we'll I gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, then uh, our next one is uh, Don Pernot. Uh Don P. Don P. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, uh, we know this is probably a girl, Dawn. Uh, She's from Ukiah, California, and she's got a uh, Can-Am spider. Maybe husband has a Can-Am spider. I see, uh, because I see two Can-Ams listed here. A victory cross country. It says, uh, we're a household of two very active riders. Our miles are all fun miles and not trips to the grocery store or work.
3: Yeah, and that seems to be pretty evident, uh, Ten to 20,000 miles a year. Wow. Uh, it seems like dawn averages, which is a pretty pretty healthy number.
0: And i got to say, I don't really commute with my bike as much as I used to. Sure. I do uh, you know, plenty of long rides on it.
3: Yeah. So. Well, sometimes, though, you'll take it out the back door and ride it around to the front door, right? That's your commute for the day?
0: No, no. <laughs> that's just a change of oil. Yeah. Uh, okay, Matt S. from Warrington, Oregon. Uh, he's got a Yamaha R3, which, you know, it's just a little... Tiny three hundred cc sport bike, oh, yeah. kind of cool. Um, he was born in seventy seven, so that makes him thirty. I think that
3: makes him forty. Is that forty? Yeah, forty one. Oh I must
0: be getting old, yeah. man. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, forty. He uh, says he's going to get a new bike and more gear this year, uh, but he's doing four thousand to ten thousand miles a year on that bike. Yeah. Said he found us looking for motorcycle shows and events around Portland, Great Site. Have spent hours here already. Very glad to have found it.
3: Well, we're glad that you found us too, uh, Matt S. It's uh, I, I like that the Yamaha R3. It's a 2017. You can definitely put 10,000 miles. Bring
0: that there. R3 to the rally in the gorge.
3: That's an excellent suggestion. Yeah, it's uh, a great sport bike.
0: Uh, James K. from Salem, Oregon. Uh, he got a flyer from the motorcycle safety class. We do have a, a, a little ad that we run in the Team Oregon motorcycle training uh, publication that they get when they take the class. So I guess that's how he found us. Uh, he's got a 87 Yamaha Virago. Going to buy a new bike this year. And uh, he qualifies as the youngest writer. Can you do the math? It says he born in 93. Yeah, so born in
3: uh, 1993, that would make him about uh, 10, 11 years younger than I am. Nine years younger than I am, sorry.
0: So he would be? So he's going to be uh, about uh, 25. There you go. Yep. Youngest writer. Um, Harold H. from Phoenix, Oregon which was down by that town that starts with an A, but I can't remember the name of it.
3: A, Oregon.
0: <laughs> it was down by Grants Pass area. Um, he says, I'm really, oh, okay, I had to put this in. He says, I'm really interested in flat track and traffic racing. What is traffic racing? Well, I
3: think that's, uh, you know, when you're trying to outpace traffic, right? You know, beat them off the line. That way you can uh, kind of pick your spot. That's what I'd call traffic racing.
0: I was wondering, so I looked it up. (laughs) Yeah. And actually, uh, a lot of the motorcycle video games are built around racing on public roads. Oh, interesting. Around the traffic. Okay. So uh, that could be one interpretation of it, I guess. Uh, Let's see. James N. Good thing I didn't have to say that last (laughs) name. Uh, He's from Mercer Island. He's got a BMW S1000RR. And uh, this year, he wants to buy more gear. He, he's riding at our, our 4,000 to 10,000 miles a year. And uh, he found us while he was looking for information regarding Seattle motorcycle parking through a Google search. Glad I ran into the site. Yeah. We had an article about parking in Seattle, and then uh, the parking enforcement people got all hip to our information and started making new rules I don't care so for we that. first we edited it and had to take some of the better spots out that were no longer legal right and then uh, they kept changing up stuff so we just don't have it there anymore but um, but
3: still, there's a lot of uh, information to be had just on uh, navigating your way around
0: Seattle and that sort of thing. So, Yeah. Uh, this is uh, Slade M. from North Bend. He's got a BMW R1200 GSA. Uh, he's also got a Yamaha FJR 1300 and a 97 Triumph Trophy. And... Uh, he was a member before he moved, and now he's moving back to the Pacific Northwest, so he resubscribed.
3: Well, welcome back, Slade. We're glad to have you here. And that's a great uh, another great lineup of motorcycles there, huh?
0: I think we've probably influenced a few people to move to the Pacific Northwest. What yeah. do you
3: think? <laughs> I think that uh, the tourism board should be a sponsor.
0: Yeah, that's a good lineup. I'd say throw a couple of those on the trailer and bring them down to the Rally in the Gorge. Yeah, absolutely. It'd fit in uh, perfectly we're, there. Bring down FJR down to Forest Grove and do the GPS tour with us. Yeah. Um, let's see, uh, Richard P.S. from Renton, he's got a, uh, a YZF R6, otherwise known as an R6, and, uh, says that he found us through the Evergreen Motorcycle Safety Course. That's great. So, uh, always happy to have people learn about us when they go to the motorcycle safety training classes. Yeah. Uh, Dan J. from Auburn, he's got over 20 motorcycles harleys hondas Kawasaki's, ktms i'd like to see his garage now with all those motorcycles look at how many miles a year he rides yeah well less I, than four thousand
3: I, I think he's going to be right at four thousand at least
0: right? he's a collector <laughs> kind of guy I could be you're right so uh and what's he say he says uh i was trying to find out more about the bonehead enduro which has already happened by the time you hear this sure. show. Uh, we do have a feature about that event that is uh, sort of static uh, because the event doesn't change much Change much every year. So uh, people find out about us through searches like that. Yeah. Uh, Jim P. got a Triumph 800XCX. I guess you call that a tiger. I don't know. Or cross country, is that? Yeah, like I, I think it'd
3: be cross country
0: and a BMW 8 F800GS. I'd have to make a decision between one or the other. I don't think I'd hold on to both.
3: Yeah, well, I'd have to get another look at the 800 XCX, and I'd have to make sure that that is uh, not the similar model there. But because uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to rack my brain. I'm trying to picture that in my mind. It's not, it's not a sport
0: bike, right? No, it's a, it's okay. a, a uh, dual sport okay. adventure bike. All right, yeah. Along with, with the F800GS, that's why I'm wondering yeah, why he's yeah, got yeah. two adventure bikes. But uh, anyways, he can pick one of them and come. Here, here his comment says, planning to do some rides this summer and interested in joining your community. So go ahead and sign up for the Sasquatch Dual Sport yeah. and then sign up for the Dual Sport Northwest uh, Rallying the Gorge and we'll see you there. We're there for you. Excellent suggestion. Uh, oh, this is an award winner. He's the closest sign-up to the soundwriter office this is jason r lives in seattle somewhere around our office All right he's got a uh, 2013 cb500x with the rally raid conversion oh man i love to see that and he's putting on somewhere between
3: four and ten thousand miles per year on it. that's great yeah
0: yeah exactly so i'm going to be watching out for his bike because he's right here in my hood uh, let's see. We got, um, I missed one up there. I don't know if I can
3: bring it back up here. Or not. There we go. There we yeah. go. Uh,
0: this is, uh, William P. He lives in Anacortes. He's got a Triumph T120. He's a recent California transplant following his retirement. He wants to learn more about Pacific Northwest motorcycle scene. Longtime rider, both on and off road. Well, I'd say Will P is in the right place. Will P picked a good place to move to. Yeah, absolutely. He probably read Soundwriter a few times and said, ah, "I know where I'm going <laughs> to <retire>. go." Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see uh, Gaylord S from Arlington, uh, 2015 Indian Chieftain KTM RC8 and a KTM 500 EXC. So that's a cruiser, a sport bike, and an off-road bike. Yep he's got a good collection he's doing 10 to twenty thousand miles a year found out about us on facebook and he's wanting to do some riding and looking for new back roads boy aren't we all yeah we need some new back roads there are
3: a lot out there though i tell you what you pick up one of these uh benchmark atlases and you'd be surprised you can find
0: yeah i still find myself going down roads i didn't know about yeah um ben c from bellingham got a uh 2000 triumph sprint rs and a 520 a ktm 520 exc and uh what's he say oh he heard about us on the itunes uh broadcast of the show and he's been listening to all the shows he can't get enough and i hate to break your heart ben but we're only doing one a month. One a month. <laughs> oh, you wish we did it every week yeah. or every day. We don't
3: want to out of steam. But that's great. We love to see uh, guys like Ben tuning in to the podcast. And also, he's got a
0: nice couple of motorcycles there, too. The Triumph Sprint and the KTM 520. Yeah, he says his line of work is construction. So I can imagine Ben out there with his, with his Sprint RS parked in front of the construction site. He's got his AirPods in his ears, and he's listening to the soundwriter. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bianca S. I'm going to guess this is a girl. Yeah. Uh, she lives on uh, Whidbey Island in the city of Clinton. Uh, Bianca has a 1976 Suzuki GT 185 and her comment says she's looking for people to ride with. But she doesn't state that she's looking for a new motorcycle. And I think, Bianca, if you want to go ride with other people, unless it's the vintage club, you probably want to upgrade from that GT 185. Now,
3: come on, let's not dog on the GT 185. That's a great little uh, commuter how bike. is huh? a
0: 1976 model going to be? You want that tagging along on a ride with you?
3: Well, it depends. You know, I mean, sometimes, uh, as we've talked about many, many times before on the show, the best person to ride with is uh, yourself, right?
0: Well, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) But Derek will tag along and he'll carry the tools.
3: That's right. I've got, uh, you know, so much more uh, CC in my bike, and I had a full uh, almost 200 more on that. So (laughs)
0: let's see. uh, Michael B from Port Orchard. Uh, He's got a Triumph Rocket 3. You need a really big garage for that. Right. Uh, Kawasaki Nomad 1600. uh, Double that garage garage. size again. And a DL650 V Strom with a sidecar. All right, man. He must have a warehouse somewhere there. You need to get into public storage, bud. (laughs) Uh, He's retired. He's doing 10,000 to 20,000 miles a year. Good for him. Absolutely. And a friend sent him the link to SoundRider. Because he saw an article about writing over the age of 50. Ah, yes, we have one up right now. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea about the website, uh, but uh, extremely nice writer website, and I'll be a regular reader. Mm-hmm. Yes so great to hear that too it's a story of michael
3: yeah he's got, um, he's got go some uh, he's got some really big motorcycles really there too, big you know? motorcycles but i guess if he's doing uh i assume he's probably doing some longer touring stretches now that he's retired so yeah. i can see you know maybe you want some uh some of that can see his birth there. year he's 60 yeah.
0: years old so it's gonna be hard to keep those bikes up uh though the sidecar won't be a problem
3: yeah but, uh, i think you're about 10 years off again your math right
0: i think he's 70 oh yeah you're right he's yeah. 70 yep I can't do any math. <laughs> That's why I had to go to work for myself. Uh, Matt F. from Polsbo. He's got a DL652 V-Strom. Uh, it has got a CBR 600 F4i sport bike. Got a KTM 390 Duke mini sport bike. And a 1975 Honda 400F. So that would be your vintage standard slash kind of sport bike for yeah. the year. Um, a nice little Sunday rider there at the old 400F, right? Yeah, yeah. Interesting collection of bikes.
3: Yeah. Well, wow, he's doing it himself a uh, 10 000 to 20 thousand miles a year, which is great to see.
0: Wow. uh Let's see. Uh, we got uh, LaFay M. Now you know there's only one of those in Tacoma. <laughs> Found out about us from uh, PNWriders.com. Got uh, a number of vintage Harley's, modern Harleys, dirt bikes, and Japanese bikes. So, uh, that's just about it, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's covered the spectrum there. Well, no, he didn't have any European stuff. But, uh, says he's been enjoying our magazine for years. I don't know, is it a guy name or a girl name? I think it could go either way. But, I, you know, hey, either way, happy to have uh, you here
3: as part of the Sound community. And uh, yeah. happy to see that you're uh, also riding, you know, uh, like well, a zero to 4,000 miles a year. So, are still getting out some. That's good.
0: And he's 58, and I got that right. There we go. There. The math go. comes in. <laughs> All right. Uh, Dave M. from Olympia got a, a KTM 530 EXC. It has education, been factory bored out to a 570. Uh, he says he's just getting back into riding. We have people like this who are just getting back into riding. Uh, I rode as a kid and loved it. Now as an adult, been fun getting back into it. I'm back at the beginner stage of riding. I like to hear that. When yeah. a guy's re-entering, he says he's at the be- he's at the beginner stage because it's not like, well, you know, I, riding, I rode a lot when I was a kid, yeah. so I know how to ride because you know, there's a lot to learn nowadays. Now,
3: self-awareness is always great to see, especially in motorcyclists.
0: And as he says here, the technology now compared to the late 70s and early 80s is amazing. Yeah, you don't even have to think anymore. He just just rides for you. (laughs) Uh, Bill P. from Amboy. There's a town that should have been the capital of Washington State. (laughs) Amboy. He's going to get a new bike this year. He doesn't actually say he has any bikes at all. And if he'd like to hook up with a local riding group. Uh, wasn't uh, Ted
3: Nugent's first band, the Amboy Dukes?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: There you go. A little piece I don't of think they yet. were from oh, Amboy, yeah.
0: Washington. No, I don't but. think so. I don't know. Ted was kind of, a, you know, he's kind of a game hunter. Maybe maybe they were. No, he's from uh, Jackson, Michigan. The, oh. Just outside of my home. That's why he's the Motor City Madman, Detroit. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, anyways, um, yeah. So, Bill, you want to hook up with the local writing group, uh, start with our clubs directory and see what's going on. And uh, if, if nothing else, uh, get a motorcycle and come ride it with us on yeah. a rally or a GPS tour. And, you
3: know, the rally is actually a, uh, a great place if you are getting back into riding because you can pick your own routes. So there's a lot of paved and dirt. So if you just want to kind of tool around and be out with other
0: motorcyclists, it's a good place to start. Yeah, uh, Steve N. from Ritzville. There's another city that should have been the capital of Washington state. Ritzville, Washington. <laughs> Uh, pass through it every time we go to Spokane. Yeah. He's got a, ni- a couple of 97 Beamers, a R1100RT, and a F650. And uh, he's l- looking forward to learning about organized rides, especially any in Eastern and Central Washington. Uh, we don't have any there this year. Right. But we uh, have done them in the past, and you can find those in our online store under the travel guide section.
3: Great suggestion.
0: So. Or just come and ride one of ours with us. Let's see. Oh, we're getting near the end. All right. Let's see. Uh, Richard B. from Spokane. Uh, Wow. This guy's got the vintage collection going on. Yeah, he does. uh, 75 CZ Falta Replica. 75 CZ 250 Enduro. 74 Honda. 175 XL. This guy could, like, put his own vintage motorcycle show together in his garage. You know? Yeah, maybe put it in the trailer, do a little touring seminar, huh? Honda Trail 90, another one also with a 150cc motor. Whoa, baby, that's going to take off. Trail Seriously? 90 with a 150 motor I mean, What it? do you
3: think that thing weighs, all told, like 180 uh, pounds?
0: Uh, you better tighten up all the bolts on that <laughs> thing. Yeah, so he says he's looking forward to reading more about riding and vintage racing in the Northwest. So, see, that's helpful because if we see something come up where there's going to be a vintage race somewhere, I might say, hey, Derek, uh, call them up and do an article on that one. Yeah, will. absolutely. Uh, Candace P. lives in Issaquah. Uh, 2016 Harley Street Guide found us through an internet search. Um. I don't really have anything in particular. I'm not sure why I saved her. But anyways, uh, love everybody out there in Issaquah. Yeah, absolutely, including Candace P. Yeah. Um, Okay, oh, this is a good one. Uh, Serge Gish from Oakland, California. Uh, Serge is the publisher of city bike magazine oh, which nice. is a san francisco area publication for motorcyclists that started off as a print magazine it still is a print magazine and you can read the pdf online every month well, too. that's great so uh we, we're, we're slowly talking to serge about maybe trying to get involved with him with our rally in the gorge to try to draw a little bit more out of the san francisco oakland area because it sure is fun to ride your motorcycle from northern california to hood river
3: yeah and serge has got the bike to do it the uh, r1200gs i mean that's yeah that's a good machine to ride up the coast and um right on into oregon man
0: he's got a 2009 buell ulysses too i wonder if you could like swap an electric motor into that
3: it's a time will tell (laughs) (laughs) It'll be an electric bike motor, but uh, you can do it, electric bicycle motor, but yeah, sure.
0: All right, and our last uh, sign-up that we're going to talk about today is our oldest rider. He's 81 years old. His name is Lee L. from North Vancouver, B.C., found us on Facebook. And uh, he's got a uh, a DL650 V-Strong. He's got an XR200R. Now, that's a nice small bike. Well, these are all small bikes. A nineteen eighty-eight Yamaha RZ two hundred and fifty R. Yeah, which I think was the two-stroke sport bike that they had. Not sure.
3: That sounds like uh, that is correct. But how great is that, Lee, still out there riding at eighty-one years old?
0: Eighty-one years yeah. old. Keep it up. And we're going to have a Lee with us on road trip tour. Who's eighty-one years old? He's going to be riding with
3: us. I tell you what, that Lee puts on some serious mileage too, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, he gets he out does. and
0: rides. He's good for ten to 20000 a year.
3: And what is he? Is he on his, uh, his BMW? Uh, is it the... Uh,
0: R-1200RT. R-1200RT. That's right. Yep. yep. All right. That was a long segment, but I think it was worth it. It's lots of fun to, to take a look at who's reading. And uh, thanks to everybody who signed up and uh, let us use their
1: information here. And we will take a break and come back with some tips and tricks. Support for The Soundwriters Show is provided in part by Cycle Barn of Smoky Point, your destination location for all things Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, and KTM. Featuring a large showroom and fully staffed service area, the Smoky Point Cycle Barn is the place to come and compare all the latest models, have your bike serviced, and shop for aftermarket apparel and parts. Visit them online at CycleBarn.com. Hi, I'm Tim. I live in Burien and a
0: few of my favorite rides in the state of Washington are uh, probably number one is Washington 20. Uh, It's just a nice scenic trip like traveling through the Alps and right behind that would be uh, Lolo Pass uh, on the pavement or if you're really adventuresome take the uh, Lolo Motorway uh, or the Magruder Corridor to go east and west. Uh, All great rides. Hello this is Bill Cameron from Skagit Power Sports and you are listening to the Sound Rider Show. We're back on the Soundwriter Show, and uh, this is our closing segment, Tips and Tricks. But I did want to just point something out. Um, you might have heard this earlier in the show, and I just want to clarify what this is. Yeah, is this your tip? Or- no, no, don't oh, say anything. I got you. Okay, that is not what you think it is. <laughs> that is a, 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 a little insert that I put in my chair here to... Uh, Make me feel better.
3: So what you're saying is you're not farting on the air. Yeah, exactly. I got you.
0: Exactly. All
3: right. Well, I think people have given you you a pass on that, even if you were, but uh, I'm glad. Pass? Passing what? I was going to say I am glad for uh, the clarification, not only for our listeners, but also of the air and the fact that you haven't been uh, farting in the booth here all day
0: long. Oh, anyway, I I eat all organic, so even if I did fart, you would never smell it. (laughs) Now that's a tip and trick. You see we we use uh eight. we've been using a uh, consultant to tell us what to talk about on the yeah. show and they said start having some potty talk and, yeah. and the ratings will go way up so that's right. Uh, we're, that's,
3: we're doing it that's our attempt to talk <laughs> about uh, organic food and odorless gas but uh anyway in the tips and tricks where do we start with that right uh, we're going to start with you okay you want me to kick it off here i will uh, yeah. i will gladly do that so my uh, tip this month is um, to introduce a new rider into motorcycling, um, and particularly a younger rider, because I was reading in sort of the ever um, sort of changing landscape and ever uh, sort of changing analyzing of what is affecting the next generation of motorcycle riders. And I stumbled upon a few articles that were saying it's all about student loan debt. If people didn't have student loan debt, then they would be out there, they'd be buying motorcycles, and everything would be Mm. just like it was. That's interesting. And I thought that was interesting. But I also thought, you know what? You don't need and you shouldn't be buying a new $15,000 motorcycle. unless You're getting into motorcycling. Exactly. And maybe... That uh, part of that is that people who are sort of in associations with experienced riders, they don't know that you can get into motorcycling. My first motorcycle, a KLR 250, was eighteen hundred dollars. I rode it to Guatemala and then to Orlando. Um, certainly, you can get into motorcycling for less than two thousand bucks, and you don't yeah, need a totally. student. Le- uh, you don't need to worry about a student loan to do it. So, if you have uh, somebody in your sort of maybe family circle or friendship circle at work. That's a few years younger than you, and you think they might be interested in motorcycling. You know, strike up a conversation and just kind of let them know that uh, it's much more accessible than they might think it is.
0: Totally, totally. I mean, you know, you look at my at my eighty eight NX six fifty. Yeah. I paid twelve hundred dollars for it used. Right. And it's been on nine Sasquatch Dual Sport Tours. It's done a lot of the pre-riding for those tours. It's done a lot of the pre-riding for the Rally in the Gorge. It's got 60,000 miles on it now, and uh cost me 1200 bucks.
3: That's it. So, so in just another sort of backup point on that. If you know somebody who's even younger, maybe in high school, just tell them to forego college and spend that money on motorcycling.
0: Or just give me one of your bikes. Yeah, there you go. Just, you know, look at all these readers with all these bikes. Just give one away a to a point. kid. Come good point. On. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, my tip is I was, uh, you know, I'm always looking for the tips and tricks stuff online, yeah. and I bumped into this one where this guy was prophesizing that he had learned how to pack so well that he could now carry with him 10 changes of clothing in the bike. And I thought, uh, what are you leaving at home, man? Are you you carrying tools with you? Are you bringing an air compressor? What's not on your bike? Nobody needs to carry 10 days' worth of clothing. No. And then I bumped into another one today. And they said, you only need to bring one change of clothing. So you can wear your clothes that you're going to wear on the bike. And then when you get to your hotel, you can switch into the other clothes. Yeah. And I guess you're going to like hand wash your stuff or whatever right down. It's possible. But it's like, you know, stuff doesn't always dry overnight. So I think that uh, three changes of clothing does it for me. It doesn't take up a lot of space. Uh, Just to
3: clarify, does that include the one that you have on? no okay so you've got the one that you have on and three more yeah okay. two to three you, more
0: okay that it for me i don't want to wash my clothes every day you want to do that
3: no i don't want to do that and i wouldn't I would you want-
0: would you wash my clothes together with your clothes <laughs> I if i asked you to uh, I went on
3: a trip not after uh say 300 miles and 100 degree heat of the palouse i don't want to go anywhere <laughs> near your clothes <laughs> organic food or not i don't want to get involved <laughs> in that <laughs>
0: All right,
3: no. folks. Let me ask you this, though, just to follow up on that. In all honesty, I don't think I own ten pairs of clothes.
0: That's about how much I own. Yeah,
3: they have to take your entire closet, and for me, that three of those would be that's suits.
0: Crazy, yeah. Crazy. I God, I hope he's not carrying ten pairs of blue jeans. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, I don't carry. I haven't carried blue jeans in years no. on a motorcycle. Yeah.
3: Crazy times, but that's it. Hey, that's why. Uh, that's why we do this segment to enlighten the world, right?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, that's uh, that's going to be our May show, and uh, we are going to uh, point our fingers toward the, I don't know, east or west, yeah. and do our little neener, 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 and we're going to make better weather in the month of May, and I uh, hope you have a good time out there riding. We'll see you back here in June.
3: On the Sound Rider Show. See you next month. <laughs>
2: The Sound Writer Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patients of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on The Sound Rider Show.